You are listening to Golden Otter Divinations, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream with Autumn Seibel. Tune in 9 a.m. Pacific, the first Friday of every month, as Autumn helps you manifest your dreams by connecting to loved ones in spirit, empowering you to find both physical and spiritual healing. Are you ready to transform your life and connect to divine guidance through practical strategies? Golden Otter Divinations is the place to find engaging interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more. Now, here's your host, Autumn Seibel. Autumn and you're listening to Golden Otter Divinations. Stay with me for the next hour as we explore where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join me live each first Friday of the month at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, when I have new, informative, and engaging interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more to help uplift, educate, and inspire listeners like you to find physical and spiritual healing. So today the tables are turned and you're actually going to get to hear me being interviewed um, by my dear friend, Rydell Fleischler. So Rydell is a um, fertility boss. (laughs) She is um, a certified health coach and certified meeting and event planner that has worked all over the globe to bring groups of people from 50 to 150,000 together. Now she pursues her passion of helping single or divorced women come together to talk about their fertility health, owning their biological clock, as well as their fabulous future. And she publishes a weekly conversation and podcast at www.fertilityboss.com. She also has a book about egg freezing, which you can get in the show notes or by going to uh, www.eggfreezingbook.com. And she is currently launching an online educational program for women to learn about their fertility and owning their biological clock. So this was such a fun interview to do. Um, Rodell has become a really good friend. We met actually at an online forum, which like, (laughs) I don't know if I've ever, she was probably the only person I've ever met online and then actually met in person. Um, and I guess that would be my golden moment for this show, you know, because I usually like to start the show by asking all of my guests, like, so to raise our vibration and really get into the flow, I like to start by asking a golden, um, asking if you had any golden moments lately, golden meaning a time that uh, you're totally in the flow or just an interaction you knew was sent by spirit or otherwise otherworldly, um, something that made your heart sing. So the day I actually met Rydell, we met in a coffee shop in DC, it was Ted's Ted's Bulletin, if anybody's ever been to Ted's Bulletin in DC. Um, and I just dropped my daughters off at school and I was working a corporate job at the time. We'd met in an online entrepreneurial um, forum and we were getting ready to both kind of move from our corporate positions into entrepreneurship. Um, and we knew it was about a year away. But more than anything, we just like were meeting just two paths, um, two people who happened to be in a digital form that actually lived within like 60 miles of each other. That's not true. I did meet other people, Amalia, who I did an interview with on Transformation Talk Radio. We did a soulful life. I also met her. And Melissa Kiddo, also I did an interview with um, from, um, she was on another show, Angel Communication or How to Communicate with Your Angels. So that's not true. So you can meet in a digital space and then meet in real life. Um, 
I've only ever met women in real life and women who are also entrepreneurs. And um, it is such a blessing to be part of a group um, of like a cadre of women who are truly supporting each other and lifting each other up and um, just cheering each other on here in the physical. So I met Rydell at a coffee shop. I had just gotten a call that morning from my, um, my boss and my corporate job. And I was like, oh man, this is it. This is the day that like my corporate job goes away. Cause you know, it's always pending on funding. And I was like, and I'm going to have to actually make it as an entrepreneur. And I showed up to talk to Riddell and it actually turns out I was getting a promotion that day, which was like amazing. And thank you to my former bosses. <laughs> you know who you are, if you're listening, um, for believing in me and, um, and supporting me in, in that space as I transitioned from corporate America, um, first from public teaching into corporate America and then out of corporate America into entrepreneurship um, with my company, Golden Otter Divinations. So thank you to you guys, you know who you are. Um, but anyways, I got a call that morning and I was sitting there with coffee and I, I walked in all frazzled and she goes, oh, hi, nice to meet you, how are you? And I said, oh, really good. Um, I was like, I just got a call from my boss and I was all stressed because I, you, you know, like, oh, this is the day I have to actually become an entrepreneur. And here we are meeting. Um, and I go, and I got a raise. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. And I go, yeah, like, I've decided that I'm the type of person that that kind of stuff happens to. Like when my boss calls, they're not calling to tell me I've been fired, um, unless it's eventually what I want, which then also did happen. And if you're listening, you know who you are. And thank you, like, because that was such a great experience to be released with love knowing it was coming. Back to what I was talking about. Um, and so that was like the first time meeting Riddell and she was so kind and just like supportive of me and non-judgmental and just really encouraging. And from there, a friendship blossomed. And I'm so excited that you'll get to hear a little bit about her um, on her show and um, learn more about what she does. Um, so Riddell was one of the first gals I talked to in real life about um, fertility and the um, process of what happens when we start planning our fertile fertile futures. For me, I was really lucky. I, um, I used the process of conscious uh, conception for both of my daughters. I conceived on the first try and had normal, happy, healthy pregnancies. Um, I would say about 80% of that was the spiritual work that I did beforehand to get over my fears of motherhood, to get over my um, embodiment issues about giving birth and about being the vessel through which life comes through. And 20% um, of that was like, you know, biology and really great medical care. But um, I did a lot of inner work for that. And um, now there's like a lot of talk coming about about egg wisdom and the divine feminine. And um, that's like the more metaphysical aspects of this practice of conscious conception. But um, Riddell talks a lot about the actual logistics of um, if you're a woman, how do you own your fertile future? And how do you make sure that you're setting yourself up for long-term health for you, for your partner and for your children or your babies that you're gonna be welcoming into the world? And she's got some really great resources. Um, so in this interview, Riddell interviews me as I discuss what it was like growing up, uh, following my physician mother around and spending my youth with elderly adults as they transitioned into spirit and how those early experiences allowed me to channel my oldest brother as a teenager was he, when he was killed overseas. So that's when I start talking about my practice of mediumship. 
And then I answer all of Riddell's questions about how I use the practice of conscious conception when welcoming my two daughters from the immaterial plane to this physical plane. Some people call it from heaven to earth, um, from non-physical to physical, whatever you want to call it. They were not here, but I was able to connect with their spirits before they arrived. And now they are here and they're very much running around being <laughs> my beautiful little um, otter daughters if you've seen them around. Um, Eleni Winter and Everly Spring, my beautiful little baby girls that I love with all my heart. If you're watching this at a later time, Ellie and Evie, I love you girls and I'm so, 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 so honored to be your mommy, okay? Just so you know. I know I work a lot, but this is for you. Okay. <laughs> the internet has a long tailwind, you guys, so you always gotta put those little um, earmarks in for your kiddos if you're a mommy like me or your kid. So, I answer all of Riddell's questions about how I use the practice of conscious, co uh, conscious conception, welcoming my daughters. And then we also deep dive into how to use the law of attraction to manifest a life you love by using the cycles of the new and full moon and how any of that has anything to do with my practice of mediumship. So if you're a parent, if you plan to be a parent, or if you're witnessing the process of parenthood in the life of someone you love, you will not want to miss this episode. So stay tuned and enjoy, and I will catch you at the end. Okay, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Okay, hi, Autumn. It is great to see you. I am so excited to talk to you today. You have so many amazing things happening in your world, and I would love if you introduce yourself Tell us a little bit about what you're working on and how you came to be who you are today. Okay. Hi, Rodell. Thank you so much for having me. We were just saying that I'm used to being the one in the interviewer seat. So I'm like, oh, I just get to sit back and answer a few questions. Um, so a little bit about me. I have my own um, conscious living company. And um, when I was first creating the business, it just kind of like morphed into this thing that I was like, what is golden otter divination? And it, it became a conscious living platform. And it's a, it's an online um, website with like apps and um, e-courses and um, leading edge educational resources for spiritual seekers. So I kind of um, more or less distilled 16 years of a metaphysical journey and deep dive into mediumship manifesting moons and um like just trying to understand what this big beautiful world that we happen to call life on earth is about um into my website golden otter divinations and you can find it goldenotter.us golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal i've got my little like anyway right there <laughs> on your necklace that's great um, well, super easy to find you. Okay, so because you deal with so many amazing things, and it could be new for some people, like manifesting and using the cycles of the moon to help them create a life that they love. Um, and I know you said you've been doing this for over 16 years. Can you share with us a little bit how you came upon knowing that you have this gift of mediumship and really then being able to transform it into something that helps people. So could you take us back to sort of, you know, those first early years? We'll go all, we're going to go all the way back. Um, so just to uh, preface, I believe that mediumship is tapping into uh, a different consciousness, like an, a different plane of consciousness 
And there's a lot of like brain theories going on nowadays. And I'm so interested in all that. But for me, um, what I understand mediumship to be is connecting with our loved ones in spirit or people who are on the other side at like um, the souls of our loved ones. And that can be after the transition that some call death or before the birth process. So I talk about conscious conception um, and we've talked about that a lot, but we can talk about that later. So mediumship, like what is it? Where did it start for me? Uh, my mom is an internist and she's been practicing internal medicine for 35 plus years. And so I spent literally my entire childhood in a hospital, thankfully not as a patient, but following my mom around. And we had these things called pioneer homes up in, I'm from Alaska, a really small town. Um, hello to everybody in Palmer, Alaska. And um, I would follow my mom around to, she was a single mom and we would go make rounds like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. It didn't matter what day, what time. If we weren't in school, we, either at her, we were either at her office or um, making rounds and seeing patients. And so a lot of times she would leave me in patient rooms while she would go see other patients because a lot of the um, elderly folks in Pioneer Homes didn't get a lot of visitors. Alaska is a pretty remote place and not everybody's entire family lives up there. Um, and so they, she didn't, some people didn't always get visitors. So my mom would leave me with, you know, some of her patients to um, just keep them company. And when I was really young, something that would happen all the time, and I never really knew what to make of it was, I would be sitting with these pioneers talking about life, knowing that they were about to transition and knowing, um, you know, that they were terminal. I would just have this intuitive knowing and whether that was what I was picking up from my mom who was their doctor and knowing what her energy was around that or what I was communicating with their souls. And something that would happen a lot would be that they would talk about their loved ones, like their wives or their brothers or their mothers. And sometimes it would really confuse me because it'd be like a 90 year old person talking about their mom as if she was right there. And as a young kid, I kind of knew that that couldn't be possible. But then when they would talk about like their mothers or their brothers or other loved ones who were like within their age range, it would they would sound like they were talking about those people right then and there, like they were still living. And then, you know, um, we would go back to visit them later. My mom would be making rounds and maybe that person had transitioned. I'd say, oh, mom, like I'm so sad about, you know, Mr. Buchanan or whoever because, you know, he, he's gone. So can we go see his wife? And I was like, his, I mean, his, his wife is gone. She's passed away. And I'm like, and it would always really throw me for a loop as a kid. And I'd get really confused because I'm like, well, we were just talking about them. And whether that is like Alzheimer's or other things, it was a phenomenon that I saw all the time. And then to go further on that, um, because my mom is an internist, I got to spend a lot of time with people in their um, final final days, whether they were passing from a terminal illness or just the, the age process had, had taken set. And so death was never a scary thing in my life. It was always a really um, like, there was a space for it and a process for it, whether they were passing in the hospital surrounded by their loved ones or in their homes. Like I got to be there and just kind of absorb that energy. And so it was never really like a sad or scary thing. Some of the, some of the transitions when it was young people who were terminal, like um, my mom didn't have a lot of younger patients, but sometimes the, the children of her patients would want her as their doctor. And that would be hard. And I would grapple with like, well, why them? Why now? And years later, I would see how their transition unfolded in positive ways for members of their family. Um, and it wasn't until I was 16 when my older brother was murdered in Iraq that the, the actual um, like dynamics of mediumship started taking form in my life. 
And the short version of that story was um, my older brother was serving as a contractor. He was former military, serving as a contractor in Iraq. And he was killed on his 31st birthday, two weeks before he was supposed to come home. And it was just like one of those weird why, how, when, what does it all mean moments in my life that um, when you're 16 and you're grappling with like life and death and then not having the answers um, to that, like we didn't know who killed them, why, they, why, how, anything. And we were just really lucky to get his body back to start the grieving process. Um, but his death, and thank you to all the men and women out there who made that possible. I always say my like hearts out to all the soldiers and service members um, and civilians who protect and defend our country and were able to bring my brother's body home for us so that my family could start our healing and our grief process. And then for me, my practice of mediumship unfolded from there. Um, but if you want, I can tell you like some of the ways that it was really subtle when it first began. Yeah, I, guess, I think yeah, so like I guess in my early, early years, it was just this unconscious knowing. And when you're a child, um, all of us have these innate spiritual gifts and they get kind of conditioned out of us by our societies, our family of origin, our communities, religious institutions, ed um, educational institutions. And so um, I wasn't really raised with that frame set. My, we had a lot of talk about angels in our family. And that was always like the way that we put grief in like a in a capsule, I guess, or where we put the death transition in a capsule that was easier for a child to understand. Because my mom always says, like, I had big questions when I was little. I mean, I would ask things that no child should ask without knowing why I was asking it. Like, I remember asking about um, rape when I was really way too young to even know what that meant. And I asked my mom, I had to spell the word because I didn't know what it meant. And, um, she was just like, what, 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 are you okay? What's happening? Like, you know, and as a mother now that I'm a mother, if my, you know, eight-year-old came up to me and asked me that, I'd be like, what are you, <laughs> why, what? Um, but so with my older brother, with the logistics of mediumship, I guess, um, he came, he started coming to me in my dreams and I would go to sleep and I would have these dreams that we would go flying and like not in an airplane, just us, like up in the sky flying. And when I would wake up from those dreams, it would remind me of the experience that I had had with him when I was a, when I was a young girl. And he, I tell the story that he used to take us um, searching for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, which now looking back was just like, he was 10 years older and he was taking my younger brothers and I like cruising basically around our town. He was probably meeting friends and doing other things. But for us, again, it's like a child's perspective. We were, you know, looking for the pot of gold That's at the end so of the rainbow. Cute. Yeah, but what, but what was important was I would wake up from these dreams and have a feeling like he was there. And I was like, gosh, I don't know how to explain it or what that was, but it, it made me feel good and it, and it brought me um, a sense of peace that the grief process wasn't able to bring me because again, like we didn't know if he was okay. We, you know, we know he was shot in the back of the head at Point Blank Range and like we got his body back, but there's so many questions, especially in like a tragic death. Um, and so for me, for him to come to me when I was, 16, 17, 18, a young woman just getting ready to start my own life adventure with all the other things that go on with, you know, family turmoil, what happens when, you know, a bomb goes off in your family like that. And grief can shatter, shatter families apart. And ours wasn't exactly whole, but it kind of blew us apart and brought us together and blew us apart and brought us together. And um, for me, I was able to get the healing that I needed by connecting directly to him. And he was the person 
in spirit that I felt like I could trust to ask these kind of questions for answers that my society, my community, my religious institutions, my educational institutions didn't have an answer for. And then pretty briefly, I, you know, in college, I really dove into human rights, conflict resolution, peace studies. I got a master's in education. Had I known like about divinity schools and like philosophy and those types of things, I probably would have gone into that. But um, I was so focused on not becoming a martyr and not becoming like the weirdo that talks to dead people. I mean, we all saw the sixth sense and like, right. I don't know what happened. Haley Joe Osmond. So I was so concerned with keeping my healing of my grief process and my mediumship practices hidden that I went as mainstream as possible in my daily life. And it's only kind of now that I'm a mother in my mid early thirties that I'm comfortable sharing this because it's how I found peace and um, how I have seen a lot of healing happen for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really powerful. Like, thank you for sharing all those stories too. It just helps us understand you a little bit more and also how this came to be. And I think it's really powerful because a lot of the society, I know I feel this way is that it's, you know, we're living and then there's such a, like not wall, but such a distinction between life and then, oh my gosh, death. You know, it's like so kind of black and white sometimes in our society and our religious beliefs, a lot of different ways, but it's, it seems like you have a way to sort of like all encompass all of that. Like look at life, death, spirits, you know, pre-birth, after-birth, um, just all together and how everyone kind of works together in this whole life and living. Uh, so it's really interesting to hear all of that. So you have an ability then, let's talk about, if we can, um, a little bit about pre-birth and how, because yeah. I think a lot of my audience, um, <laughs> you know, thinks a lot about becoming a mother, but sometimes it's not a really clear yes or no. Um, I think that, you know, they might really want career and travel and, you know, all the things that we all want now. It's accessible and we do these things. Um, but, you know, sometimes family, it's like, obviously there's women like yourself who are weaving it in, but it might be hard. And so I think sometimes women just don't have a clear yes or no. So is there a way to, that someone could start, you know, trying to talk with um, a child before they even conceive them? Can you talk us through that? Yeah. So for me, one of the most, so two things, one with mediumship, um, part of the reason why I created my Golden Otter platform was that I really didn't like the relationship or the dynamics that I would see when I would go and be surrounded by mystics and mediums and psychics psychics and healers. It was a lot of like giving away our personal power. And that always felt icky to me. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm so stubborn. I was like, well, if you can do it, I'm sure I can do it. And if you're a fraud, I'm going to figure out like where in all of this, it's fraudulent, where in all of it is me projecting what I want to get back. And so um, what I always say is that we all have these abilities and we can all connect with our loved ones and we can all do this. It's just a matter of like opening ourselves up and being vulnerable enough to like look for the signs and receive the signs and, and be willing to hear what they're really trying to say to us. Like you're saying, sometimes it's like a hard yes and a hard no. Um, but so for me, um, the, the death process, because I got to see so much of the end of life or the transition phase of life, 
I didn't start to understand the other side of it until about four years before my oldest daughter was conceived. So she is six. This is like at least 10 years ago. Um, my husband and I had been married for about six, well, no, we, no, when I first connected with her through the, the I call it the um, conscious conception. And a lot of people call it that. There's like ideas in Kundalini yoga where you can open up the energy centers and connect with the spirit um, of your infant on the other side. There's a really great book called Spirit Babies. I cannot remember who writes that I gave away my copy. It's an older book. So if you see it on Amazon and it looks like it's from like the 80s or 90s, that's the one, get a copy. And that one was really great. I read it years after I had um, both of my kids and it kind of explained a lot of the logistics. But conscious conception is this idea that you connect to your uh, the spirit of your child before they come in and you ask basically for their help to kind of set the playing field. Like if, if now is the time for me to take a pause in my career to welcome a child, or if now is the time for me to move into a different direction in my life or a new season, like help me welcome you so that it's like a positive thing. And the book also goes through the really heavy topics of like miscarriage, abortion, you know, losing a child, um, which don't really, like never really were in my consciousness until I was working towards becoming a mother. And um, it's funny, I never thought I was going to be a mom. I like thought I would just maybe someday find somebody I could kind of stand and we'd do the, we'd do the like, I'll have the baby, you go over there and I'll raise them. I don't know what I was thinking. When I was 21, I met my soulmate and um, we got married really quick, but we were not ready for kids. We did natural family planning, mainly because he was deploying a lot and it was, it's pretty easy to do when you're abstinent for a year at a time. Um, but when I was just finishing grad school, my husband was just getting back from the deployment and a lot of our friends were having babies. I was like so anxious because I was new in my career. And I had this dream that I fell down a hill and at the top of the hill, I looked up and there was this like floating, um, it was like the Cheshire cat from um, Alice in Wonderland, but it was colored like Garfield. So it was floating like the Cheshire cat, but colored like Garfield and it had the face of a baby. I was like, what is this? And the baby didn't say anything. They just kind of transmitted to me like, it's okay. I'm here watching over you and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get back up, dust yourself off and everything's going to be okay. There's no rush. Like everything will be okay. And I woke up and I was like, oh, it's such a bizarre dream. But by then, because I'd already been connecting with my older brother um, through the process of mediumship, I knew what that feeling was. And I knew that whatever energy I'd connected with was going to be important in my life. I told my husband about it. And so for a couple of years, the joke was baby Garfield. And then about four years later or so, around our sixth anniversary, we said, okay, I guess it's kind of time we should try. And I said, okay, baby Garfield, if you're ready, like come. And um, long story short, um, you know, when you're first getting pregnant, especially for me as my first pregnancy, I didn't know if it was gonna, you know, last or if I was gonna have issues or anything like that. And I didn't want to tell anybody, but I went for my first checkup and the doctor said, um, the baby was conceived on this date, which happened to be our sixth anniversary, and the baby would come full term on this date, which was my birthday, and then be due on my husband's birthday, which was like two weeks apart. And the sheer like numbers of all of that, and the doctor didn't know. I mean, sure, the doctor had my birthday on file, but didn't have my husband's birthday on file, and certainly didn't have my wedding anniversary, which wasn't even the day the baby was conceived, because anyone out there trying knows it's the first day of your last missed period that they actually track from. So it's just like one of those things I was like, okay, this baby's coming. And then fast forward, had my second daughter, um, wasn't sure I was ready to have another baby. We were living overseas in South America. 
And I just said, um, we wanted to go to Machu Picchu. And I said, okay, as soon as we do Machu Picchu, then if it's time to have a baby, we will. Um, we were going to be moving back to the States. And at the top of Machu Picchu, my husband and I said, okay, we made it to the top of Machu Picchu with our two-year-old in tow. <laughs> so if there's another baby out there that wants to come join this crazy party that we have going, you know, we're chasing our two-year-old around Machu Picchu who's not wearing shoes. And we're being like culture shamed by everybody there going, your child needs shoes. And we're like, yes. We're not aliens. We're not from some weird planet where kids don't wear shoes in, you know, frigid temperatures, but you try wrangling her to get them on. And, um, and anyway, so at the top of Machu Picchu, we just said, okay, baby. And like, I know that sounds really like grandiose and it could be like on your bathroom floor where you have this moment with your child. For me, it was my first one was in a dream. Um, but for us, it was like, we wanted to go to Machu Picchu, have that experience and then see if the time was right. And then my next cycle, I was pregnant with her. And I've always been really lucky with that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, I think it's because there was so much like attunement and like I created so much space in my life for those children to come in. And it's never perfect when you welcome a baby. There's, it's just like, there's so much, it changes everything. But I communicated with them before they came to say, Hey, like, help me out. And I would say that like all the time, like, help me out, babies. Like mommy needs help. And even now we're not so sure about a third um, but I do, and I, I don't know that there is one, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but I'm always going, if it's right, you tell me when the time is because our family feels whole and we, we, we feel right. But if you feel like you're supposed to be here, then I'm going to let you set the <laughs> a lot of pressure to put on an infant, but their souls are infinite. They're not, they come to us as babies, but they're, they're these wise spiritual beings anybody who's got who spends any time in a kindergarten classroom can tell you like you know kids have all the answers <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah they they know what they're doing even before they come here so um well that's great i love hearing those stories and really like how open you are and also just you know kind of like there's that saying like giving it up to god but in this case you're giving it up to the spiritual beings that you know like if i'm meant to connect with this person and bring them into planet earth here like i'm open and available so i just love that about you and i did read um spirit babies based on your recommendation it is a great book it's like mind-boggling too i kind of want to read it again it's a yeah. good one it's really good for years i in like i intuitively knew all of what he puts in that book but reading it from like a man's perspective, I had a lot of my own kind of like, oh, I see that through a different lens. You know, and there, now there's a lot of talk about the patriarchy and things like that. But like um, seeing it through a mother's lens and through a woman, woman's, woman's lens, I think, I mean, it is different. We're fundamentally different. Like women are receivers. Um, and so anyways, it was just interesting because like there's, yeah, read the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Female virgin. Exactly. And I can um, definitely put a link to uh, below this video because it's a really good one. But okay, so I think this leads into a nice segue into manifesting because yeah. I know that's something that you talk a lot um, with on your website and just um, I think you're really good at it too, um, especially because we didn't even talk about where you are right now. So if you could share a little bit about you know, where you are actually physically located yeah. right now. And um, then also kind of like manifesting 101, you know, type thing. Yeah. 
Okay, so I am living my lunar manifestation. And what that is, is I um, made an e-course called Lunar Manifestations, the Medium's Guide to Manifesting by the Cycles of the Moon, because I didn't see anybody else out there doing it. And I wanted um, like a way of living cyclically and in tune with my own natural cycles as a woman. And the natural cycles of the earth has nothing to do with paganism or heathenism. Like I was raised Christian and I'm fully able to like take in the wisdom of the moon and go to church on Sunday. Like I am able, I am, I am a modern woman who is capable of doing both things. Um, and so I created this e-course called, you know, I just said it's lunar manifestations. And right now I'm actually living in my, in my lunar manifestation. Like you guys can't see it, but I'm looking out on this huge garden um, here in rural Africa. This is like my, this is my porch swing from South America that was in my garage in DC for three years. And every time I see it in my garage, I go, Someday that's going to be hanging <laughs> like between <laughs> trees and I'm going to, you know, put my feet up like whatever. Um, and so th over the process of a year, every two weeks, I would sit down and I would write a new moon ritual and a full moon ritual using all of the, everything that I know about mediumship, um, using the law of attraction, and then incorporating the wisdom of the moon because at each um, new and full moon, there's like a certain zodiac sign that goes with it. And by kind of tuning into whatever that is, like I'm a Capricorn and we're coming up on the Capricorn full moon and um, Capricorn is like really about structure and um, longevity and legacies. And I guess that's what this course is. It's 26 uh, lessons of new and full moons. And at the new moon, you do an intention planting ceremony where you, you know, just like you plant a crop, you plant your intention and intention meaning like, whatever you want to achieve. And I don't like to use like goals because goals are super easy and achievable and like with enough willpower, they can be wrestled to the ground. I like to put things like moving to Africa in under six months. <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna move to Africa. Um, but within like three moons of planting the intention that my spouse would get his next assignment or at least we would be knowing kind of, we would get, we would have some news coming up. I mean, and you knew me in DC when I was like, I don't know what's next. And, we're hoping to go back overseas, but we don't know where, probably South America. Africa was like nowhere on our radar. And now we are living everything that we planted the intentions for back in May of 2018. Like I kept a list. There's a May um, tourist new moon ritual. I took a picture of all those things and like, it's here. And so, um, and, but yeah, like the cooperative components, like I, I wouldn't have, I didn't know I was moving to Africa. My husband and I had this feeling that we wanted to come here, but we didn't write it down specifically. We just said, you know, place with lots of land and good schools for our kids, somewhere we could have a vegetable garden and um, kind of like a contrast to everything we had in DC where we love DC, but we were, we'd outgrown that space for our family. So, and then at the full moon, um, that's when you like harvest your manifestations and just kind of see like, what do I want to keep bringing into my life and into my field of reality? And what am I really happy and ready to like let go and to crowd out wow and and I um yeah I'm just starting to learn about new moons and full moons and so this is really helpful to hear too and I love that you have it's an e-course on manifesting okay so we'll have to check that out for sure um but when you when you do like a new moon and then a full moon cycle is it important to you know, keep working through the same, not same things, but kind of like see a thread and keep kind of like going back and reflecting and then like tweaking and changing. Um, how does that work? Is it like a new moon, full moon cycle and that's complete and then you do the next one? Or I'm just thinking like, 
structural, you know, planning sort of, yeah. So I was a um, high school teacher for 10 years. So I'm all about like getting results in a super organized way. I was just telling somebody this the other day that like, I graduated so many seniors just by like getting their binders and being like, show me everything that you're missing. I'd go to their math teacher and I'd say, what are they missing? I'd go to their science teacher. What are they missing? And I'd sit them down and go, okay, these are the things you have to get done to graduate. I don't want to see you here next year. And I really don't want to see you drop out. Um, so for me, like with manifesting, sometimes it can just be like so open and so like come what may, but I wanted to see the fruits of my labor, labor, or I wanted to see like, I wanted to see my harvest. And somebody recently pointed out that my name is Autumn and it means harvest. And I was like, well, shoot, that's funny. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was talking about all these things and what a fun coincidence that my name happens to mean harvest. I honestly didn't, I didn't know. Sometimes it's like right in front of our face. Right, it's like, oh, right. That's like, so that makes sense. Yeah, but to answer your question, so at the new moon, you plant an intention and then in two weeks will be the, a full moon. And you can kind of track like those smaller term um, things that you're trying to bring into your reality. So something bigger, like maybe conceiving a baby or changing a job or a career path or a big move might take um, like six months to a year. And that's how you can also track it with the new and full moon cycle. So like to go back to Capricorn, there's a new moon in Capricorn in January, roughly. Um, because the moons go on a cyclical calendar, not the Gregorian calendar that we're used to, where there's 52 weeks in the year. The moon is cyclical. It works on its, it works on its, it, its own schedule. So the new moon in Capricorn is in January, and then the corresponding full moon is six months later in the June-July timeframe. So like right now, we're coming up on the Capricorn full moon. So the intentions that I had planted in January are now I'm able to see them and I write them down and in the e-course I have like trackers for it and ways that you can like track your manifestations and then cross out things as you go that don't feel feel in alignment for you or like maybe thought you wanted something and you're going oh maybe if I could just adjust this a little bit like I want to keep my career and have a baby but could I work from home part-time or like if you say like oh I don't want to work at all and have a baby they're like maybe I want to keep my foot in the door. Maybe I do want to work, you know, like those little tweaks, you know, and you just kind of put those in. So for me, my um, January new moon intention was to have like a safe and easy transition living in the United States to Southern Africa. And I mean, here it is like a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever night of the week it is, <laughs> we are connecting from across the world. So that's yeah. just, it's, there are ways to track it while still letting there be space for fun and magic and serendipity and um, flow and not micromanaging. Yes. Um, and that's really helpful because I didn't realize there was like six months difference, you know, between the Capricorn new moon and then it's full moon. So that just even learning that little piece of information is really helpful and insightful and makes me really want to take your course. So um, I feel like we've talked about so many amazing things. Um, if there was one thing, like let's say someone is really new to manifesting and, you know, using the cycles of the moon and just really tapping into their intuition and like trusting, you know, maybe any spiritual guide guidance they're receiving. If there's just one thing you could, that someone could take away from this conversation, um, what do you hope, you know, or envision that to be? Trust your gut. Absolutely trust your gut. 
If you're a mother, that thing that we call mother's intuition, I mean, even me, I've been doing this my whole life and really deep into it, 16 years. And I can know from the second I see a picture of somebody or shake their hand that that's not going to be a great match for me and my energy. And then anytime I go against it, every time I go against it, I prove myself wrong or I prove myself right that I should have trusted myself. So ultimately, you are the authority on you. Don't listen to what other people are going to tell you is right for your life. You know, especially if you're a mother or looking to become a mother, no one is going to know better than you for your body, for your child, for your life. And if you're in a, um, a coupling with someone else, like a conscious coupling, I would say like partner with your best friend. Cause even if you don't want to party in bed with them, they still would be good to like party in life with. Like that's kind of my, that's my way of seeing it. Um, but just know that they, um, they're your, like, I don't know, they're, they're the other half, but there's so much wisdom that we have as women and, and men too, but um, trust yourself. And I think that that is emerging for women in this century and um, yeah, ground that in. Trust your gut and trust, trust yourself. Trust your gut, trust yourself. Okay, tell us one more time where we can go on your website and where we can go to learn more about your e-course. Like the precious metal, precious metal, and otter like the precious animal. Us. Um, you can go to enrollment, and that's where you can enroll on the um, e-course. And then, if you enroll in the e-course, you automatically become a lifetime member of my um, lunar manifestations like tribe. And it's a spiral up, um, circle up, not a spiral down zone. It's like a positive space where it's like just a bunch of cheerleaders, just a bunch of people rooting you on. If you're not comfortable using your um, like given name, you can use a pseudonym. And you could just be a part of that space. We didn't talk about this, but like mediumship circles and things like that. Um, there's a lot of anonymity. And I always really appreciated that because it gave me a safe space to go connect with other people where I could be heard and I could be seen and, and I could hear and see them as they truly are. It's like going into the closet with people and you're like, are you safe in here? Yeah, we're safe. And it's like, cool, this is a good place to be. But it's just a safe container. So um, if you enroll in the e-course, you get lifetime membership to that. And if you're not ready to do a deep dive into the, um, the e-course, the annual membership has all of the rituals in plain text, not all the fancy bells and whistles and videos and audios, but the rituals are there. And uh, on my website, <laughs> goldenotter.us. Goldenotter.us. Well, thank you so much, Autumn. This has been a pleasure. I can't wait to see what else you manifest in the future. I know a lot of great things. Um, and what we will manifest too. So I look forward to talking with you next time. And thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Lots of love. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that, um, recording and, um, all of the like questions that Riddell asked me and, um, you know, just what it means to be a wife, a mother and a medium in the modern age and, um, what the modern, um, I guess you would call uh, like witnessing the modern divine feminine. So this is what the divine feminine in my life looks like, and this is how I honor it and um, how I see Riddell and her community doing the same. Again, if you want more information about Riddell, you can find her at www.fertilityboss.com. 
www.ellenbarnes.com. She's got um, a really great book on egg freezing, if that is something that is in your fertile future. Um, we also mentioned a book called Spirit Babies. You may want to Google that um, if you are planning on conceiving. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to follow Golden Otter Divinations on Instagram where you can check in with me and let me know about your golden moments so Spirit and I can cheer you on. Um, if you'd like to contact me or buy my book, join my private um, co-creation members forum or enroll in my e-course, you can visit uh, my website goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal. Please take a moment to sign up for my bi-weekly email and get up-to-date information on all things Golden Otter because I send out my calendar very, very first to my email subscribers. Oh, and breaking news, <laughs> this autumn I will be opening up my calendar, this autumn will be opening up her autumn calendar, some people call it the fall, for private validation sessions. So um, I haven't offered private sessions in two years because I have been busy creating this uh, radio show and podcast for you all, building my e-course and my members forum, moving to Africa, working in corporate America. Like I've just been doing it all. I've been doing, as they say, all the things. <laughs> and now I am going to um, clear my calendar and create space for private readings because that is what I'm being, that is what I feel that I'm being called to do right now. Um, that is what I'm getting a lot of questions and inquiries about. And I'm just, I'm so, 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 so excited to sit with you and channel for you, um, for you and your loved ones. And more importantly, or most importantly, teach you how to do it for yourself. Um, as I've mentioned throughout this podcast, <clears throat> throughout this radio show, I'm an educator. I have a master's in education. And the way that my mediumship typically unfolds and the way that I channel and the way that I connect with um, our loved ones on the other side or the consciousness that they are on the other side is through education. So um, in my private sessions, I teach you how to tap into your innate spiritual gifts so that you don't need to come back and see me and you can move forward um, with confidence that what you're getting is true, it's authentic, it's safe, and most of all, it brings you peace and healing um, because that's all that these messages are meant for. They're, it's meant to give you peace and um, help you heal. So if you want to get on my wait list for my fall calendar, you can go to goldenotter.us and go to the um, private sessions uh, tab or then book now if you're listening to this at a later date. I will be offering 12 sessions at each season throughout the year. So it's, I only offer, I guess that's 48 a year. Um, and the calendars will open at the beginning of each season. Um, if you can't tell, I'm super into the seasons, right? Got autumn, winter, spring, <laughs> and I'm announcing it this summer. Okay, that is it. Thank you all so, so, so much for joining me in this sacred co-creation space and tuning into Golden Otter Radio. I had an amazing time sharing this sacred space with you. Okay, I will feel your positive vibes back here next time with so much love and light, Autumn. Bye. Thank you for listening to Golden Otter Divinations, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream with Autumn Seibel. Tune in the first Friday of every month at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Exploring where the metaphysical meets the mainstream, Golden Otter Divinations helps you draw in the abundance that is yours by divine right. For more information or to listen to this show, visit goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal.us. Hey, you're just one moon away from living your best life. Did you know you can transform your life in 30 days with lunar manifestations? Start using the law of attraction to manifest by the cycles of the moon. I'm Autumn Seibel, and I just created two incredible platforms for you to finally step into who you're truly meant to be in this life. Visit goldenotter.us to begin your manifesting journey today. That's golden like the precious metal, otter like the precious animal.us.